Hello again, and welcome to Start and Keep Going. I'm Molly Cash. I'm a certified life coach, and I'm here to help you accomplish anything you want to in two easy steps. Start and keep going. Today we're talking about buffering. You may have heard of this before. You may have heard it called numbing. Um, I think there are some other terms, but I can't think of them all. I call it buffering, and what it is is when you use something outside of yourself, to change the way you feel inside. So generally you're feeling a negative emotion you don't like, and so you distract yourself. You eat something, you turn on Netflix, you go crazy shopping online, whatever it is. And it's kind of effective. In the case of food, um, your body has to start digesting the food that you just ate. And so it's distracted literally from the process of feeling an emotion. So it's kind of effective in the moment, but there are some drawbacks. First of all, whatever behavior you choose for your buffering can often have negative side effects. For me, my go-to is sugar. I will go for the chocolate or right now it's Cadbury mini eggs. They're so good. And I will often just reach for sugar when I'm feeling bored or when I'm feeling lonely, when I'm feeling frustrated, any number of things. And then, you know, my body doesn't feel so good. So there are negative side effects for eating to eating all of this sugar. There might be negative side effects to staying up half the night watching Netflix because then you're tired the next day or late for work or whatever. Depending on what you choose to buffer with, the side effects can range from pretty minimal to catastrophic. The second problem with buffering is that you're trying to fill an emotional need with something physical or something external, and it just doesn't work. Like I said, it's kind of effective in the short term, in the moment, but long term, it doesn't, it doesn't actually fix anything. Our emotions all come from our thoughts. And so if you are feeling a negative emotion, it's because you're thinking something that makes you feel that way. And eating food or buying something is never going to change the way you're thinking. And so that negative feeling that you just avoided is going to come back. So it doesn't actually fix anything long-term. Along those lines, our emotions are there for us to feel, to experience. That's why they exist. And as humans, part of our job <laughs> of being human is to feel our feelings, like it or not. And so when we buffer away from these feelings, it's kind of like when a video buffers and it's annoying, you're sitting there waiting, right? It's just delaying you getting what you want, which is to watch the video. When you buffer in your life, it's similar in that it delays you from getting where you wanna go. Because wherever, whatever goal you're working on, whatever hard thing you're trying to accomplish or relationship you're working on or anything, the feelings are part of it. And you have to go through those feelings to get where you're wanting to go. And so if you're buffering, it's just a delay. It's a detour on your path of where you're trying to go. The last problem I want to talk about with buffering is that it can be really damaging to your relationship with yourself. You're kind of telling yourself that you can't handle your emotions and that you need something outside of you to fix this, which just isn't true. Now, sometimes you have extreme emotions, 
Sometimes you may have trauma that hasn't been processed and you may need help from a therapist or a trusted friend or someone to help you work through these feelings. And so sometimes you do need a little help, but escaping the feelings and never dealing with them is not the answer. And every time you do that, it just reinforces the idea that emotions are big and scary and we can't handle them and we just need them to go away as soon as possible. And that will never serve you well. It just makes it harder and harder to deal with your emotions in the future. So I wanna give you a few examples of this and then give you five tips to avoid buffering. So my first example is not exactly the same <laughs> concept, but I think it illustrates it well. This is, the example is of my kids who are supposed to do a couple little chores every day. It's nothing huge, but they don't want to do it, of course. And what they often do is they pick up a book and read. My kids love reading and I love that they love reading and they know that I'm never going to <laughs> tell them not to read. Well, not never, I guess, but for the most part, I support that and <laughs> I'll leave them alone if they're reading a book. And so they often will do that because they know they can sit there and read and not get in trouble for that, but they're still avoiding their chores. Now, they're going to have to face their chores at some point. I mean, I'm not perfect at reinforcing this stuff, but their chores are, re are re required whether they read a book for three hours first or not. So the reading, while awesome, is a delay in them getting their chores done. Some of the things that they really want to do with their day need to be done after chores are done. And so while they do enjoy reading, if that's not really what they want, they're just delaying getting what they want. My other example here is um, everyone with their phones and social media. And this one just fascinates me because if you're feeling something negative and then you get on social media to distract yourself, what often ends up happening is you just feel something else negative. We swap one bad feeling for another. It's crazy. It, when you think about it, if you open up Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, you are delegating to whoever, I mean, you have some control over who you're going to see, right? Who you follow, who you're friends with. But for the most part, you're just, you're delegating to like, you know, 200 of your closest friends or whatever to decide what you should be thinking about right now. And indirectly, the way you are going to be feeling now. Because whatever somebody posts, you're going to look at it, you're going to have thoughts about it, and you're going to feel a certain way. And especially lately, my gosh, the internet has not been a place to go feel a bunch of lovely feelings for a lot of us. <laughs> and so it's fascinating to me that we will trade feeling, I don't know, overwhelmed with work that needs to be done. We'll trade that in for feeling in rapid succession, excitement, and then despair and then anger, and then hurt, and then jealousy, and then any number of things as we scroll through and have a different emotional response to post after post after post. 
It's like we're driving in a car and the road's a little bumpy and we don't like it. And so we decide to get on a roller coaster instead. It's insane that we do this, but it's so common. So if you find yourself doing that, notice what you were feeling before you got on social media. Because I'm not saying every time anyone gets on social media, it's buffering. That's totally not true. But often it is. So notice what you're feeling before you get on and then notice all the things that you feel while you're on. And some of it, yes, is a little dopamine hit and it does distract you from what was going on before. But it also can open up a whole can of worms and all these other emotions that we probably didn't want to feel either. So interesting. Okay, so here's what to do about buffering. First of all, determine if it is buffering, okay? Um, like I said, not every time you get on social media is buffering. Not every time you eat sugar is buffering. We're certainly allowed to do those things. But if you feel an urgency, if you feel like I need a drink, I need chocolate, I need to buy something right now, that's a clue to kind of tune in with yourself and see if you are wanting to do this because of a way you feel or if it's something that you just want. Generally, if it feels urgent, like this need, there's something else going on and it's worth looking into. Okay. So that's kind of, I don't know, it's not like these aren't sequential steps, but that's the first thing you want to be clear on because a lot of things can go either way. Even exercise for the most part is great. Good for your body, good for your mind. But there are cases when people will exercise as a buffer and it becomes unhealthy because they're overdoing it, not getting, giving their muscles a chance to recover. I have a friend who runs a lot and she's told me that she'll notice if she's feeling ornery or short-tempered, she'll be like, oh, I haven't gone running for a couple of days. I need to do that. To me, that's a different thing. That is using exercise as a way to support your mental health and emotional well-being rather than using extreme exercise as a way to escape your feelings or distract yourself from, from your emotions. Okay, the first thing you need to do if you find yourself buffering is to not judge yourself, okay? Promise me you won't judge yourself for this. It's a very natural, normal human behavior and that doesn't mean you have to keep doing it forever. But if you judge yourself for buffering, you're just adding a layer of negative thinking on top of negative emotions, which makes it harder for you to even understand what's going on inside and what these feelings are that you're trying to escape. When you judge yourself, you lose access to the thoughts and feelings that are creating this urge in the first place. So please, please, please don't judge yourself. Next, try to tune into why you're feeling the need to shop online or watch porn or drink or whatever. Why are you feeling the need? Again, if it feels urgent, that's a clue that you're trying to escape a negative emotion. But try to identify what that emotion is. What am I actually feeling right now? Why do I think that these Cadbury mini eggs are going to make it better? Be curious and open and again, not judging yourself 
But ask yourself, what am I really feeling right now? And what do I really need right now? Because it's probably not Netflix. My next suggestion is to practice allowing your emotions. This can be hard. It can be uncomfortable, right? That's why we're trying to avoid them in the first place. Because they don't feel so good. But the thing about emotions is, again, they exist for the purpose of being felt. And when you feel them, then their job is done. And they can go on their way. When you refuse to feel them, they keep knocking at your door over and over and over. They need to be acknowledged. They need to be felt. And when you really allow that and let it just kind of flow through you and run its course, they're sometimes not even that bad. So ways to do this are if you can sit or lie down in a quiet place, close your eyes and just try to describe the emotion. Describe what it actually feels like in your body because that's what's going on. You are experiencing sensations created by something you've thought in your brain. That's all an emotion really is. So try to describe it as though you were talking to someone who'd never felt it before. And it might be something like, I have tightness in my chest. My shoulders come up. They feel tense. My back is stiff. My fists are clenched. I feel immobile. Something like that. Or maybe I feel a heaviness in my stomach. My back is rounded. My shoulders are hunched. My head feels heavy. Everything is downward. If you can describe an emotion in that way and really tune into it so that you're actually experiencing it, it lessens the scary factor. If you told your friend, I, this, this thing happened and I was so embarrassed, they would know what you mean right? Everybody has felt embarrassed before. We don't like it. We really don't like it. But have you ever thought about what embarrassed really feels like? What if you told your friend, you know, my, my face feels kind of hot and um, I feel kind of jittery, like I, like I want to run. They'd be like, okay. And... <laughs> It just doesn't seem that bad when you describe it physically. And so it's almost like our perception of the emotion is worse than what actually happens in our bodies when we feel the emotion. So I challenge you to try that. Pick an emotion that you're kind of scared of. And the next time it comes up, just let it be there. Let yourself feel it. Try to describe it in as much detail as you can. And that's so effective because it forces you to really pay attention to it, to pay attention to what's actually happening. You might be surprised at how quickly it resolves itself or how quickly it kind of de-escalates into something less intense when you're just willing to feel it. Okay, my last tip is for the times when it just feels too hard. Like it's just too much. I cannot allow this feeling. It's intolerable. And my tip is rather than give in to the buffering, try seeking connection first. 
connection with another human, connection with God or the universe, connection with yourself. Any of those will work. And, you know, what I've talked about before of tuning into yourself and allowing motion, that's kind of connecting with yourself. If you find that too hard to do, try connecting with another person. I have a story about this that I am really proud of, but I was just kind of lucky that I remembered in the moment to try connection first. So this actually wasn't my negative emotion. It was my son's. Um, a couple summers ago, my son came in from playing outside and he was visibly upset. He'd been playing with his siblings and the neighbor kids and he came in and I could tell he was upset and I asked him about it. He said, everyone's being mean. They won't me let me play their game or whatever. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. And I could tell they really had been kind of picking on him and I felt bad for him. And he asked if he could play Minecraft. And I was about to say, sure, because, you know, he's having a rough time with the other kids and, you know, no harm in just doing something fun. And then I remembered about connection. I don't remember where I heard this, but I know it was my friend, Elisa, Dr. Elisa Van Langevelt from uh, 10 Minutes Together. You can look her up on Instagram. She's got great stuff. She teaches parents about connection with, with their kids. She's got some really good research-based um, info. And it's, you know, it's a little bit easier than you think. So check her out. But I heard her at some point say to seek connection first. And I don't, I don't even remember all the context, but I had recently heard that. And so I thought of that in the moment. And I said, okay, buddy, you can play Minecraft. But first, why don't you sit down and color with me? We had these coloring books and got out some pencils or markers or something and just sat there for five or 10 minutes, just coloring next to each other and talking a little, but not much. And by the end of that, he was feeling a lot better. And he gave me a big hug and said, mom, I want to color with you again tomorrow. He felt that connection with me. And even though we were doing something physical, Instead of just sitting there, you know, I didn't tell my seven-year-old son, oh, just feel the sadness, you know, <laughs> that's pretty tough for a little guy like that. But even though we were doing something external, we were doing it together with the purpose of connecting and then, you know, playing Minecraft after that was just a bonus and no longer an escape from feeling bad. So Minecraft wasn't the thing that saved him from feeling bad. It was connecting with another person that helped him pull out of that, which is just a much healthier association to make. So I'm really glad that I was that I learned that and that I was able to remember in that moment and and make that little connection happen. But you can do the same thing with yourself. If you ever feel a negative emotion so strongly that you just it's unbearable, you can't you feel like you can't handle it in that moment rather than than turning to buffering that will end up with negative consequences, try to connect with somebody first. Just spend five or 10 minutes talking with somebody you love or doing something fun with a child or whatever it may be. And that may, you know, kind of serve as a distraction or a buffer in so of sorts, but it doesn't come with all the negative side effects that a lot of traditional buffers do. And also, 
it can be an investment in a relationship as well. Often when you have made a little connection with a person that can lessen what you're feeling just enough to where you can then process the emotion. I hope these tips are helpful for you. Um, this is a lifelong process. It's not something that you're going to learn about today and then never do again. If you have some major buffering issues that have become a real problem for you in your life, I encourage you to get some help with that. Find a coach, find a counselor, find somebody who can help you address your emotions instead of turning to whatever thing is making things worse for you. But if you're a more casual bufferer like most people, just pay attention. Notice what you're actually feeling. Try to identify what you really need in that moment. Don't judge yourself. Be curious and open. Try to allow your emotion and seek connection when it's just a little too much. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a great week. See you next time.